Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. We're going to talk some USC Trojan football, lots of off-season news now that the Pac-12 college football season most of the college football season is over for 2021 now looking forward to 2022 and we're going to do that with keely your follower on twitter at keely is my name she's in studio with me a lot of weird stuff going on around out there hopefully your your voice holds up keely hello hello i'm doing I, you didn't ask me how i'm doing but i'm doing okay <laughs> right i was just on autopilot oh yeah um first podcast of the year for me if you haven't t- if you can't tell i'm a little sick i was little very little sick yeah and so hopefully I can make it through this podcast without losing my voice again. Yeah, which is weird for you. You're usually never sick. So okay. This is... Hey, this was the first time I was like actually sick sick in like two years, which it is, is crazy. Funny. Yeah, because like people like wearing masks or not going outside as much. I or... was just never sick because I was just taking all the precautions and yeah. then boom, Christmas and then it happened. happened. Yeah, I yeah. got like a little before Christmas, I got sick too. But hopefully, yeah. luckily, been testing no uh, Omicron, whatever stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. Te- I tested negative. I think this was just a good old flu, which is weird. Yeah, but, that's been going around. Yeah. Do you do flu shots or no? I I was going to, but apparently you can't get it when you get your booster. I don't know. It's whole oh, thing. yeah. I, I should know. probably get a flu shot though, considering my immune system. True. I got I got one like back in October, but I don't know. I'm nice. just just give me all the shots. Just shoot me up with anything. Just we are to... polar opposites of the spectrum. You're like uh, invincible, and I'm not. I'm not invincible. <laughs> I I would get sick fairly often, but I haven't really much during the pandemic. You know, yeah. So, yeah. But I guess even though you're licking sidewalks left and right. Yeah, I don't. I'm at this point. I don't do whatever. <laughs> but luckily, I haven't been uh, exposed. There. I know we got off track already, but it's good to be back for the <laughs> first uh, first Ryan and Keeley pod of the new Ta-da. year. I know someone on uh, Tunnel Vision last year asked. I think it was Mark Watkins. Is the Keeley and Ryan show still a thing? It is. We just had some different shows and whatnot. We had some different shows, and there's a lot of stuff going on. But I think we'll get back to a regular routine. It's been crazy. There's been a whole bunch of stuff yeah. going on. But we appreciate you guys sticking through and listening. Our, the numbers have been uh, through the roof, which is great. A lot of people are excited about you know this Lincoln Riley guy that's yeah. coming in. So. I mean, we had uh, over a million downloads in 2021. So thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. Insane. Just insane. That's yeah. a lot of uh, that's a, a lot, lot of downloads. downloads. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't even think about that. That's a lot. Yeah, no, that's a ton. And like most of that was under Clay Helton. So um thank you guys yeah it's crazy we do appreciate it well uh we haven't done a tunnel vision for a little while so we like right before christmas like brandon yeah we had brandon sausen on the show yeah that was our last one of 2021 so we'll have to do uh some more of those but um appreciate all that And if you have any questions or comments for this show we'll try to keep that more consistent you can drop us an email podcast at uscfootball.com or call or text us at 424-254-9141 and if you have the apple podcasting app we always appreciate leaving us a five-star rating. You can uh, follow the show, so it'll let you know whenever you get a an updated episode comes up. It'll tell you right on your phone there, hey, we got a new new Peristyle podcast. So it's really cool. That's what I use to listen to my podcast. Now that I'm an iPhone guy. You Keely, are. It does help. Thank like, goodness you are. It does help. Blue texture. Easier to text with you. Yeah, right? I can make reactions and laugh at you. It's Especially great. even like at games, like just the whole like airdrop thing oh, is, is very beautiful. nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, we were trying to tell you that for years, but I know Shotgun still didn't. Buy, he hasn't bought in, right? Shotgun being stubborn. Oh my goodness. That is very strange of Shotgun. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, but uh, please leave us a review on five stars on Apple Podcasts. It does help. That's how we got to over a million downloads this, this year. So or last year. So amazing. Yeah. So let's yeah, let's double that this year or whatever. Well, but we do appreciate all, all that kind of stuff. Um, we got to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. We just had a meeting with virtual meeting. Uh, up and up for another year, so it'll be with us again. And uh, thank you, Trader Joe's. They, they are so awesome, and it was we great. love them. Yeah, like the high ups at Trader Joe's, like the president, the CEO, like they listen. They know what we're doing, so which cool. is crazy. They're yeah. great people. And um, Stock Neutral Nation. They're part of Stock Neutral. They Nation. do like Stock Neutral. Na- well, at least we know one is. We're, one I'm not is. Sure. We'll I'll, I'll loop in everybody for that. We got we have the president, Stock Neutral Nation. I don't know about the CEO. We have, we'll find out. I, th- I think we can convince him. Yeah, I'm sure he would be into it. Shotgun's not going to like uh, that. But yeah, so uh, really happy to be partnered with Trader Joe's again for another year. They really have been uh, so awesome for us. And it's great for me. Like I just go, you know, I'm in there like once a week or so buying stuff. And I was telling uh, I was telling them like I, I had like a show before I did the podcast with Champions. And we had this show, but I had the meeting with Trader Joe's on Zoom. And I had in the fridge here in the studio, I had some orange chicken and a jasmine rice that I got from Trader Joe's I made nice. last night. And they're like, did you get the bowl? I'm like, no, man, I made the whole pack. Like the, so you, it's like so cool. I just love going to the frozen food section and picking up stuff. And especially you're like cooking for one. It's real easy. Like yeah. I, made, I made it, you know, you put it in the oven for, I think it was 18 minutes. Uh, and there's a sauce that you, that comes with it, which is great. And then I, those little frozen jasmine rice uh packets you just put in the microwave for three minutes so easy boom and so i put nice. a bowl rice boom orange chicken on top it's like awesome and that's why i just brought a bowl of that and microwaved it and uh, easy peasy it is easy and peasy. delicious i did the um and i haven't tried tried this one too i don't know if you've done the uh mac and cheese bites in the frozen section too no ryan i'm gluten free oh yeah crap <laughs> you can't do that um but it sounds delicious it is very good and uh, yeah, I had a little, uh, my neighbor gave me some homemade sauce. And so I dipped them in the package. They show you like, hey, dip these in the sauce. So I dipped them in the sauce. Nice. They were very good. Yeah, nice. Mac and cheese balls. Mac and I cheese like balls. Uh, but thanks again to Trader Joe's for that. And uh, of course, uscfootball.com, all kinds of stuff going on. If, a lot. Uh, first month for a buck. Let's keep going on so you can do that. Or if you want to sign up for an annual membership, you can get 30% off right now so we've had yeah memberships have gone way way up we really appreciate all that helps to grow the site we can you know do more stuff new more podcasts do more shows do have more fun stuff plus the more. board is popping oh my god the it's board it's crazy the uh the one thread that chris trevino started with uh updates so yeah so he has a, a um an article and a thread listing all the updates for the coaching staff past a million views on one thread. On one thread. Yeah, it's insane. It has to be a record. I, Speaking I of think, a million, we're just millions. We got millions high. all over the place. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, we appreciate. It. We've been doing this work for years, and there are people obviously following, listening, and reading and stuff. But not there's just so many people that are sort of tuned out, and uh, yeah, it seems like most of those people are back now, or a lot of them are. Which so is really cool. We appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've been here working the whole time. I know you haven't been around, but or some of you haven't been around. Some of them have and like oh, shouts to them. them we we love you guys so yes. thanks for sticking around sticking through the, yeah. you know the seven tough years or so <laughs> yeah <laughs> or more yeah pretty much since you got started right like no what year yeah. uh no i started uh, sark's first year so okay. the, the spring that sark started first of his one and a half years <laughs> <laughs> the spring that sark started i started as well i was okay. a freshman in college you were 
Well, you started at USC as a sophomore, right? Or no? No, no. I started as a freshman. I was a spring oh. admin. Oh, you're spring? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I did it at Annenberg, and then you slid into my DMs. I've seen you grow up. You have, which is weird. We're old, Ryan. <laughs> you're not old. I'm old. Like, she's old. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Like, yeah. yeah. Go back through old emails and stuff. is like crazy. Uh, all right. Well, we should probably talk about some USC Maybe. football stuff. That would be good. You know, that's what we do that's sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Here on the Parastyle Podcast, um, hmm, where do you want to start? Why don't we start with some of the roster turnover? Yeah. I touched on some of this with Harvey Hyde earlier in the week, but of course, I mean, there's been new additions to the transfer portal, uh, a couple new declarations for the NFL. Uh, you want to start with some of the NFL guys first? or uh, Let's start with... Portal, portal transfer okay. portal. portal so uh, I was told on Sunday that Joseph Manjack was entering the portal, and he did on Monday. It was funny, Ryan. That like I've just been home the whole time. Go to get more medicine Sunday night. Get a text. Manjack's going in the portal. And I was like, Do I have time to break? I was like trying to get to a computer. I was like, The one time Look, I've been out of the house for a half an hour, and this yeah, is when it breaks. This is just reporter luck right there. No, so uh, Manjack entered the portal. Um, you know, it. it it seems like one of those things where he was a Texas favorite. You know, the the staff that came in really liked him. And, I mean, the interesting thing is we saw him in fall camp. Looked like he was on the rise. He's good. He was he, – everyone in my mentions was like he was a practice favorite, and he was, you know. But it just didn't translate as the game or as the season progressed. I, I put in the article that Shotgun charted. He had 11 appearances. Uh, in, he had 11 games. He had 46 combined snaps, but he played – a higher amount in like the first three games and then it just tailored it just he started the first game right i, think I believe so, so yeah. yeah so it, it it's unfortunate just because i thought he was going to be a really cool uh slot addition for the trojans but he's in the portal and then yesterday uh we got word that casey collier uh the offensive lineman entered the portal and that's something where i was told from the beginning of the 2021 season that you know he was just dealing with personal issues um and he was back home for a little bit at the start of fall camp i remember clay helton mentioned that as well yeah um and it just seems like a continuation of that i'm trying to dig a little bit more into that hopefully get an update in the war room um but yeah so i mean it just seemed like inevitable at this point considering that uh, he had missed so much time from the program just even we didn't even see him on the field um during practice and whatnot and and i, I had heard from sources that like the offensive line group and specifically Clay McGuire, when he was at uh, was the offensive line coach, was trying to kind of keep him involved in the process. But I think it was just one of those things where one thing led to another, and and it's better for him to to move in the into the portal. So uh, some more additions there. Um, but it sounds like that's kind of going to be it for now. Okay. We saw because yeah, like the the school starting places and stuff. So, yeah. So USC starts. Uh, school, I believe, next week. And so if you look at some of the Instagram of like the support staff, some of the, the uh, spring enrollees, uh, new guys coming in are uh, starting to move in. But so this is kind of, um, as we remind people, it's still, you're still a student athlete. It's not like the, the right. free agency where you can just go whenever. School's happening. Yeah. yeah. The transfer portal, you gotta, you gotta enroll at some point to a school. So this is kind of usually when the rush happens because a lot of schools are starting. Uh, their spring semesters or quarters right now. So, yeah. So that's kind of the movement. Uh, uh, but we saw two that. Two Texas guys going into the yeah. portal. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, you know, I think Collier looked like he had upside, right? I mean, he's 6'7". Yeah, six, I mean, seven, Shotgun was really high on him. 300 pounds. Obviously, you got you to gotta be available. Like, availability. Something wasn't quite working. Yeah. Um, there was more of a culture. Culture is a big deal. 
there was more of a Texas kind of culture on the team. So that was sort of like something that, you know, maybe would help these guys, um, you know, with, with man Jack though, but you watched him play, like you would throw balls to him that weren't good. Like they were behind him or whatever. And he would catch them. Like, Receiver's job, like what shotguns say all the time, like catch the ball. Catch like the ball. He caught the ball, you know, and uh, but I, I wouldn't say if he didn't produce on the field. There's plenty of guys that didn't produce on the field that probably could in a better system. Um, but so, you know, curious. I, I don't know if it's a thing where he's just like, yeah, I really felt more comfortable when all these Texas guys were here. This might have been a thing where Lincoln Riley wanted him to stay and he didn't want to stay. It's hard to say, but... At this point, because there's going to be guys that are like the coaching staff basically is like, hey, you're not going to play. Um, yeah, I would have a hard time picturing Lincoln Riley coming in and go like, yeah, I don't think you can play. Like if you watch the practice film, like he could probably I mean, you would think he'd be able to play. That's the weird thing is, I mean, I, I feel like and I know Shotgun kind of mentioned this on previous podcasts, just talking to some of the coaching staff after practice at times. It seemed like they thought that Manjack's confidence had kind of dipped a little bit oh. as the season progressed. And I hate to be that person, but part of me is like. Should he have worn gloves? I don't know if that would have helped him. And like <laughs> that that's, that's something that like I mean, if you train your whole life without gloves, then maybe the, how much right. will that help? But, but it's um, not like he dropped balls in games or anything, right? He like, did though. Was it was it a couple or something? Well, he yeah, didn't have that many opportunities. Though, he didn't, and that's the problem too. But also, when he had opportunities in practice, he would also drop the ball. You could yeah. see that like sometimes his confidence was kind of up and down. Um, but the the source I talked to said. Was didn't seem surprised that Manjack was entering the portal. So I think internally, um, it made sense to those yeah. involved. I think so. a lot of these cases, it's got to be like that. Would be a perfect situation, but it has to be like really good. If it's you know, it's a guy like Casey Collier who wasn't around practice most of the year. Like the new staff is going to come in and like, yeah, it's probably just better for you to go somewhere else. Like we could potentially, you know, quote unquote rehab you and get you back into this fold and stuff, but we could bring somebody else in and yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's unfortunate. Uh, and, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things where sometimes the staff might not be that high on one of the players and the guy comes into the office and is like, this is what I want to do. I think I can kill it, blah, blah, blah. And then the staff's like, all right, stay. You know, like yeah. that would make sense. Yeah. Um, where you sort of like sell yourself, um, you know, if your confidence has waned or, or you know, have waned a little, I mean, that's maybe you're not going to be able to do that. So, yeah. but it sounds like the initial wave of roster churn as far as transfers, probably over for now. Seems like it's over. There's always a, a funky one that always pops yeah. up, so we'll see for that. But it seems like the initial wave is done. But speaking of portal, uh, portal news, portal additions. Uh, I don't know if you talked about this with Coach Harvey Hyde, but Terrell Bynum. Uh, we have not. Yeah, we didn't talk from about it. University of Washington, six foot one, one ninety. Um, he announced on Monday that he's transferring to USC, and I think that's just a, a good, experienced body to add to the wide receiver room. Um, because I think you're missing that like veteran presence, obviously, uh, which is just so interesting to say. Because I I just felt like USC, you just never run, you would never run out of wide receivers to talk about, or had that those gaps on the the scholarship chart, the dis- distribution, you know. There and there was gaps, and they tried to fill it last year with Katie Nixon, and yeah, he caught a touchdown in the last game, but yeah. that was not uh not a very productive year for him, unfortunately. And someone I really liked, I liked watching him when he was at Colorado and yeah. plays, but didn't quite work. Didn't work uh, at USC, but now he's, you know, the, the lone senior on the roster Bynum comes in from Washington, you know? which is crazy. Yeah. Cause if you look at it, the next guy is John Jackson, the third. Yeah. And obviously Brew McCoy is a junior, but that is what it's been. No updates there. 
Um, so you're looking at two upperclassmen right now with the d- addition of Bynum. So pretty yeah. crazy. And John Jackson's not like he's been on the field a whole bunch, right? But in, and Chris Trevino and Shock and Spradling, if they were here, they'd say, play the man. He's He had good route running. He got open in practice. Smart kid. Yeah. You know, like legacy. Super nice. I know, yeah. yeah. So, he's someone that you root for. You know, you yeah, want to see him do sure. well and just haven't had opportunities many opportunities yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but, yeah so three so three transfers in so far um and then bobby haskins as well yeah so he looks like he could be the starter at left tackle from day one yeah um six seven two ninety five gonna help that uh offensive line room which is big because you know the we talked about it but the big additions of having andrew Voorhees come back Brent elon come back appears just needed is coming back he's younger so that makes sense and then if you fill in Bobby Haskins, the only question mark you really have is is right tackle. And that's much more manageable than what we thought USC could be looking at at the end of the season. Yeah, because yeah. you could – I mean, you had Cortland Ford and Jonah Monheim both getting starts. And yeah. What, they could compete for that spot. Now they um, have a lot of experience under their belt, which is good for them. Yeah. I mean, it was unfortunate during the season because you saw some of those freshman mistakes. But now it only uh, benefits them going forward. And Voorhees has – you know, it was – did really well when he was playing guard. Like where he has like ninety million snaps as a Trojan. <laughs> yeah, he has a, he has a bunch. Yeah, uh, but you know, so Haskins coming in, uh, you know, Bynum uh, as well, and then uh, Barquette. What year is he? He's he's a redshirt junior. So three transfers in. Yeah. Um, all of them have at least four years of college experience, right? Or been at yeah, college for four yeah. years. So uh, Barquette has one extra year of eligibility. The other guys, this will be their last. Yeah, and I'm sure there are going to be more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, They seem positive about the portal, if you will. Yes. Speaking of portal, Ryan. Oh, something. We haven't talked about it, but Caleb Williams. I feel like people are probably screaming wherever they're listening. Caleb Williams. Why are you not talking about Caleb Williams? I've heard of that. The name sounds familiar to you? Mm. Yes. He'd be good. Uh, If you watch (laughs) Pac-12 football, he had a good day against uh, Oregon. Yeah. the, The Alamo Bowl. Um, yeah, took over for Spencer Rattler, who was like a Heisman contender early in the season. Um, just, you know, electric, uh, ball player and who knows now, like he's, he got offered, bless you. He got offered from, I think Eastern Michigan or some, I don't know, one of those directional schools that you don't really know much about a million dollars. Like, you know, like, uh, that's crazy. Like NIL stuff people are talking about, I mean, he could be. The most like highly ranked player ever to go in the portal, like he's up there. I mean, like you had guys like Justin Fields, like there yeah. was. Um, but, but it was it was really interesting. Sorry to cut you off right? oh, about how OU's athletic director had a statement about him entering the portal. Head coach I mean, and athletic director. Yeah, right? and and that's I don't that's think, weird. I don't think we've seen that in the portal era, no. era yet. So I think that's an interesting precedent set there. Um, but he officially entered, I believe, on Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, was this it earlier a, this week? And it took a while from his announcement for him to actually officially enter the portal. But, right. But, I mean, it should be interesting. And he apparently. said he could come back. Uh, yeah. It does allow you to be recruited again. Yeah. yeah. It allows you to make contact. And now contact's going to happen anyway, but this is now, you know, you yeah. can officially <laughs> make contact. But everyone we've heard from, like, when you enter the portal, like, it's, it's like... Um, if you've ever tried to do one of those, like you see a TV commercial for like, oh, we'll get you the best mortgage rate, you know, for whatever refi. 
you put your name in there. There's like it's basically like it goes in some spam thing, and like you'll get calls from like a million. Like, yeah. hey, we'll give you this. It's like it's not like a company. It's like a company that like sells your information to a whole bunch of other companies, and they all try to call you like right away. Like, see how much your car's worth. I heard you're in the market for new cars. Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Like, yeah. and so as soon as you enter the portal, like you're getting calls, and um, <laughs> it's crazy. And yeah. so someone like that. And there's a lot of players we've seen enter the portal and just like announce where they're going because they like they already they know, yeah. they've already had contact and stuff. Um, and this was a case too. Both LA schools, you know, UCLA had a real weird one too. Yes, uh, yeah, Dylan, yeah, yeah. Was it Dylan Gabriel? Like yeah. The yeah. UCF quarterback announces he's going to transfer to U- UCLA. You sign financial aid paperwork. You don't sign a letter of intent. You sign financial aid paperwork. Yeah. But until you enroll. The school has to take you. You yeah. don't have to go to the school. Well, the day you're supposed to start classes, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Caleb Williams goes in the portal and he goes, "Oh, check that! I'm going to Oklahoma." Boom. And uh, so he's gone, and so he's about to enroll at UCLA and leaves. Um, the carousel. It's that's a little bit nutty, but it's good. It's just a little nutty. <laughs> um, and with so Caleb Williams, maybe go to UCLA. Obviously, Lincoln Riley, USC. There's potential there. Um, he tweeted a photo of him at the beach, and people are trying to like guess which beach it is. Yeah, figure it out. Uh, there's SEC schools like Texas A&M yeah. and uh, Georgia, Georgia that have been in the mix. I mean, we we did NIL's only been around since July, so this is really the first time it's like it's actually crazy. part of recruiting. Yeah, and you see someone like Texas A&M get like the best recruiting class ever, and there's. All kinds of rumors going around are like, well, there's a reason why. Because yeah. 25, 30 million went into this class. You're like, whoa. Like, if, if stuff like that's happening, which probably is at places, um, it's ch- it's definitely changing the game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This is, so this will be a very interesting one. We might know in a couple of days where Caleb Williams is going. It would appear so, given what we talked about, get a, a ro- in, excuse me, enrolling. Yeah. Like, something's got to leak. Yeah. As far as at least where are you going to be in spring? Yeah. I mean, like you could wait, but like you kind of want to be there if you can be there in the spring. So yeah. this is probably going to happen quickly. Uh, we get a million questions about what if this happens? What if that happens? And, you know, you want to do too many hypotheticals, but there's an obvious path, Caleb Williams to USC because of the Lincoln Riley impact. And if development is a, a big deal to Caleb Williams. It seems like it is from what the tweets and stuff that I saw. Yeah. Obviously Lincoln Riley's put, you know, his last three full-time quarter quarterbacks are starting in the NFL. Two of them won Heisman's and mm, pretty good. One of them finished second in the Heisman race. So there's a little bit of a track record there. Yeah. Just a um, and then what does that mean for Dart and Moss? Right. Like, I mean, there's not going to, if Caleb Williams comes to USC, He's the starting quarterback. Like, I don't know how else you put it. Yeah. Like, there's, he was been the starting quarterback. He's the most heralded guy that you would have on the roster. He played for Lincoln Riley. Like, he's not coming to compete and, like, I'll hold the clipboard for two years. Like, yeah. that's not why he would come. Yeah. It's one thing if you're recruited in a class where you know you're going to compete versus, hey, I get to choose and yeah. I better know what I'm doing if I choose your school. Right. You know? If he could start. At Texas A&M next year or, yeah, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you're – so if you love Jackson Dart, if you love Miller Moss, whatever it is, like, my guess would be he signs with the USC, he's the starter. And then the other guys are competing for 
backup spot. Now, if he chooses USC. If he chooses, yeah. If he, if he chooses USC, he's coming in to be the starter. Yes. And yes. Lincoln Riley will bring him to be the starter. But it doesn't seem like that's, I feel like that was like the automatic train of thought when he declared for the portal. And yet it feels like rumblings. It's just not a surefire, hey, USC, Caleb Williams type of thing. It doesn't seem like it, at least from what who no. I've talked to. No, I, I mean, I don't know what percentage chance. I, I mean, there's a chance it happens, but I think there's a better chance he goes somewhere else. Yeah, it didn't seem – you'd think if you put it on paper, like, okay, Lincoln Riley goes to USC, his quarterback enters the portal – it makes sense that by the transitive property, you're like, okay, he's going to USC, but it yeah. doesn't seem like to line up that way. So yeah, I mean, it could like I wouldn't be like shocked to be like, oh wow, <laughs> like I never didn't see that coming. Yeah, like, I mean, college football is wonky, so who knows? But I think it's you know <clears throat> easily could happen, but I would say there's a greater chance that it doesn't at this point. Um, and then you know you have to kind of figure out what's going on with the roster. It also could have an impact on team morale like if you know yeah because just you know you're bringing someone in but there's there's a lot of turnover that's going to be happening and if, the good thing is if you're jackson dart miller moss you win the backup job you're probably playing a bunch because you're gonna be scoring 55 points a game and you know <laughs> yeah but it's not gonna be one of those things where like oh like remember the talk about all the points that usc was gonna score and like where did that go like it didn't uh, that did, feels like a, a dream, a fever dream, Ryan. From yeah, it was a long, long time ago. ago. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing that's interesting to me is either way, USC has two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster right now. Yeah, and that seems low. It does seem low. So I feel like at, you're going to have to get a portal edition somewhere or another, whether it's right. the top portal prospect right now or someone else. Someone else to kind of. Come in, the, you know, like a Mohassan that's filling a role. Yeah, and we don't know Mohassan's status right now. You know, eligibility. Wise. I, he's eligible. Like okay. he's going to be. Yeah, he's uh, he still has eligibility left. He might have two years left, which is okay. Weird. The COVID shirts throw me. There's off. the COVID stuff. Yeah, um, it's you know he's rehabbing stuff, so he, he's still around. So there would be technically three. You know, but okay. um, but still, it's 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 not. Yeah, we we saw that one year with Fink and and JT and and Keaton. It was just. A rotation of injured quarterbacks. So, yes. Yeah. So I so, think USC would feel better with more. For sure. And uh, they could, I mean, it could be a thing where if you get a guy like Caleb Williams, obviously, okay, that's great. You're probably going to lose one of your current yeah. ones. Yeah. Would you bring in another guy, like a senior, like just to like help out with depth, you know? Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, speaking of the portal, it's funny. Um, Friend of the pod, uh, Colin Coward. You got might have heard of. People want to hit the people want him to come on the show. I'll talk to him. I I talk to him quite a bit because he's a USC fan. He wants to know what's going on. <laughs> he's not on. even hiding it these days. No, he like he tweeted today. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Colin. Happy birthday. Um, uh, yeah, I sent him a text like to, he's like responds during his show sometimes, like to ask about <laughs> USC stuff. I'm like, you're in the middle of your national show. <laughs> Okay, but he says uh, what thanks. a subtle flex, Ryan. No, it's just funny. He's yeah. he's great. I love him. Yeah. He's great. He's just like a nerd. he's a recruiting nerd. Like yeah, people and hilarious. some people that like hate him. I'm like, do you understand how much he loves USC? Like USC fans, like you should love him because he talks like if he can't talk about USC, he will. You know, but he just hasn't <laughs> been able to because yeah. But he said he tweeted, "Thanks for the birthday wishes. All I want is health for my family going forward and six starters for the USC football team through the transfer portal." So. With the, with the sunglasses emoji, so <laughs> he does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not even hiding it. But he'll like he'll call me and tell me like, okay, so it's great because Voorhees, I think he's gonna play better inside. Like he'll just talk about this kind of stuff. Amazing. It's it's so funny. It's just like you're like a random fan just doing this. Just a random. But fan. I mean, you know, when we when you do sports for a living, 
you lose part of that sort of fandom, yeah, right? Because you're do. doing it. Like if you're a big USC fan or UCLA fan or whatever. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> they can't see where I'm looking. <laughs> um, then, you know, but it, what do you cover it for a job? It's like, it's a job. Like, and you can't. People are like, oh, where's your USC gear? Like, you can't do, like, you're no. covering the team. You don't no. do that kind of stuff. No. Even, like, I grew up a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan because they were winning Super Bowls as a kid. Like, I like the Steelers, but I'm not, like, if they lose, I'm not, like, bummed. You know, like, yeah. it's, you sort of lose some of that yeah. fandom. And it's funny, you know, Colin does this nationally. The one sort of sliver of fan, he's like, the one thing I've held on to is just, like, I'm a USC fan. So he's like, I don't care. I'll let people know I'm a USC fan. That's you know? funny. Yeah. Uh, his, his partner, Joy Taylor, you know, she's a big, she's a big Steeler fan. Like, she'll talk about that. You can have something, you know, but yeah. like if you're covering like a league or a team, it's really hard to kind of be a, a yeah. fan of that. That's why know? angels are like my last. That's your thing. Yeah. yeah you it's my the, last pillar of sports fandom. Yeah. Like Steelers are probably would be mine, but even that is just sort of like, eh, you know. yeah. Um, it's hard to explain. It is. To, you know, once you do this for work as opposed to yeah. the other stuff. But yeah. So, the, so Colin's looking for more transfers in Keeley. I don't know. what could... It's just interesting. And we've talked about this before, but like I was talking to one of USC's support staffers, um, like recruiting guys. And they were saying like getting talent out of the portal is kind of, if you're going to like a Marshall's or a TJ Maxx, you know, like you see a brand name, but you're like, okay, why are you, why are you here? Like, why are you for a discount? Why are you in, in this type of market? And so it's kind of the same thing where it's like, okay, well, why are you in the portal? Why did why didn't you find success at your original home? And that's something that you have to vet. So it's not just like this vending machine of talent that you can just go out and be like you and you. You know, you gotta really do your homework oh, yeah. and and figure it out and talk to your coaching peers. But yeah, if you're a program and you're looking for a left tackle and there's like five left tackles in there, you might not like the reason four of those five guys are in the transfer portal. You know, that might not be good for you. Um, there's a lot of vetting, I think, that needs to go on, which was helpful. Like, that's why, like, Lincoln Riley knows exactly what he has in Caleb Williams because he coached yeah. him. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Recruited him. Like, he knows what's going on. When USC brought in all those coaches that with the Texas ties, like, oh, guys that were at the University of Texas, you bring a transfer to the University of Texas, they've already approved. They've been in the locker room with them. They've been in meetings with these guys. They know, oh, that kid doesn't slack off or he doesn't, you know, show up late for class and all that stuff. If you yeah. know like they're not a a problem and they're not going to disrupt the team, then it's way easier to recruit them. Otherwise, you yeah. have to like ask a bunch of people and you don't know if you're going to get the right answers like yeah. oh no, he was always on time and you realize like no, he doesn't show up for these Please things. take him off the roster. Please take him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, we'll see. And speaking of Texas guys. Okay. Uh look at that transition, Ryan. We haven't had an official announcement from Keontae Ingram. No. But we did see a tweet from the NFL PA Bowl, the Collegiate Bowl, uh, that Keontae Ingram was added to the roster, which mm. thus means that he is, is ending his college eligibility in that sense. So he's yeah. moving on to the next level, which was expected. Um, I did hear from a source early on at, towards the end of the season that he was a little torn just because of the addition of Lincoln Riley and was leaning a little bit more than you'd expect for a guy like him, a running back especially. But uh, this means that he does... Uh, leave for the NFL. So good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to uh, Keontae Ingram. I mean, super fun to cover. Yeah, I wish we could have got to the thousand yard. I know that would have been a nice uh, milestone Ni for 9 him. Nine one one, nine eleven. He didn't nine one one. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that, but, that, but that's the no. yards that he finished with because he didn't play against Cal. Yeah, he did yeah. show, up, but he didn't play. So um, he had there were 
he did have that many fumbles, right? There was he might have had one or two or something during the year. I, it definitely wasn't a problem. Well, he was the vet that I think USC needed. And of course, the coaching staff love of Malapai, but he was a guy who, when he was healthy, he really shined um, and helped out USC. I mean, <laughs> we talked about more about USC's run game in 2021 than than its Anything passing else. game, which is crazy in a modified air raid, but. Yeah. No, they, they mean basically like run the ball, run the ball. Yeah. And they were they were doing that. And imagine uh, saying that in 2020 because that was an issue. He was a big part of that. I felt bad too because when he got it in a groove and he was getting like the hundred yard games and stuff, they took him out like red zone sometimes. And Vivai Malpea came in for the touchdowns, and so got a few touchdowns vultured away from. What was really cool efforts. is seeing the bond between Vivaya and, and Keontae. True. You know, they, yeah. they had a strong bond. And I mean, like, who's going to hate <laughs> Vivaya Malpea? He's just like one of the nicest oh guys. God, yeah. yeah. So, but they really like rooted for each other and cheered each other on, which is cool to see considering that, you know, Keontae was another vet who came in and kind of, and actually stole reps from, from Vivaya. So, but they had a cool bond. So that's at least cool. There. And he had the best, like maybe practice moment when he looked at Chris Trevino about the, the weather in, <laughs> in, at, South, in Bend. South Bend, and just, yeah, that became we we got we got, we got mil- some TikTok fame off TikTok, of that. Yeah, that was crazy. Like the amount of views that that thing got. Follows the pair style on TikTok, Christina. Yeah. It's his baby. Yeah, he's doing it. I started it, but Chris like is like, oh, it's his thing. Yeah, he loves it. That's I was his. like, hey, we can get like a intern to help. Like, no, no, it's mine. Yeah, he wants to. <laughs> like Chris, you already do too much. Like, stop. <laughs> don't do it anymore. The workhorse. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Was there any other NFL? No. I mean, Drake Jackson made it official. He had signed with an agent, but yeah. He, yeah. he made it official. Yeah, there was some tweet, Keontae Ingram. I think it was Keontae's tweet that got deleted or something, or maybe it was someone else had a tweet deleted, but um, that was weird. When Chris Trevino originally like retweeted it out. He retweeted a tweet that got deleted. I forget which word. I think from, it was the the PA bowl. Oh, it wasn't. They just like they, reworked they re- the tweet. retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. so weird. But yeah, um, and then uh, ITS also declared for the NFL draft oh, but yeah. that in the war room. So it probably like it was expected to a certain degree. Yeah. And uh, he had, it, it was interesting because always on the last game of the season, you kind of look at you, you observe, you watch what guys are doing with the scene, you know, and he really had a long moment on the field and really took it all in. And that usually is a sign. Good indication. Yeah. Good indication. Talanoho Funga did that. Yeah. Talanoho Funga did that. Adori did that. You know, it's just a thing where they, they, it's hard to hide that you're really like taking in the final moments of your collegiate career. So, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look like we'll see it anymore. I mean, I guess like an Isaiah Polamau is still out there. He was yeah. the one that I think that had that moment with Talanoga. He, so, he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they um, both were at the, the underneath the goalpost after the Pac-12 yeah. championship game. And yeah. uh, Polamau is a like, team captain and stuff. His yeah. well, unfortunately, like his tape isn't that great for the no, second yeah. half of the season. He seemed to be someone that lost confidence too. Yeah. yeah. So if he sticks around, we'll see if uh, this coaching staff can kind of help him because obviously he's a talented kid. Yeah. Um, see sort of what happens there, but everyone else, like it doesn't seem like there's anyone else that would really want to go pro at this point. I mean, we think those offensive linemen are all going to be back. Um, you know, definitely could be some more transfers. Uh, you know, like a. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Brew McCoy. You mentioned him. Yeah. Um, like Keaton Kristen, you know, got his appeal was granted and, you know, he was going to be Shorten, able to yeah. rejoin the team like uh, a year sooner than they thought possible. It was supposed to be the end of 2022. And uh, then I think they changed it to the end of 2021. But then he went in the transfer portal right after that anyway. So, yeah, he was like, peace out. So I don't know. We're, we'll see what happens with like Brew McCoy. But um, mm-hmm. there'll definitely be some more. 
you know, roster turnover. Uh, but we might be, like you said, a little bit of a lull for a bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll see for sure. It it'll the last kind of newsy part will happen for like the last couple next couple of days, just because of uh, enrollment period and whatnot. Yeah, we'll see there. Um, coaching staff, should we kind of go coaching over staff, some of yeah. that stuff? Yeah, I mean, what, real quick, the uh, do you remember? So um, Bruce Feldman tweeted today before we recorded that running backs coach Mike Jenks is joining uh, Dan Holgerson's uh, staff at Houston, but it's an off-field role. It's not even like a full-time assistant coach thing. Some of the jobs that the former USC coaches are getting are not exactly, um, certainly not moves up and and not lateral moves either. They're all, you know. It's a little you, revealing. It's a little revealing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clay Houghton going to Georgia Southern, that's like, obviously that's a huge step down for being head coach at USC. Yeah. Uh, Strength coach, why, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Bobby Steiner. Bobby Steiner, like he's following Clay Helton there, which he seemed like a really good assistant. You know, he was an assistant strength coach at Notre Dame, seemed yeah. like a promising future. But I don't know, it might not be. Fair. It's probably not fair to him coming into like a you know you the have, head coach is fired two games in. Yeah, you have one year. Not even one year. You have two games with the guy that hired you. Oh yeah, but just as far as developing guys, very yeah. quick uh, time frame there. But so. so he goes there. I mean. You could argue like Clay McGuire might have got the best landing spot so far. Like he Washington yeah. State offensive line coach. Yeah. The offensive line did pretty well. That's as close to a lateral move. It's a little step down, obviously, but you know, it's given his skill set though, is it like he's trained in Yeah. But I mean, as far as like you went from USC's yeah, yeah, offensive yeah. line coach to Washington sure, State. Sure, sure, sure. But it's not you're still in a Pac twelve, you know, like yeah. who else is out there that you know, I think like uh, Nivar went to SMU, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a Texas guy. Like, that's, yeah, I love I, Nivar. Like, yeah, I, yeah he's good. He's someone I would still keep in touch with or whatever, hopefully. But he was great. We were talking to him at like the last one of the last practices. And I forget what he said. He said something really funny about I can't remember what it was, but he was he's just a really great guy. He'd always make fun of me for being an Angels fan. A lot of baseball talk. Oh, he loves baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. He'd love the Astros and Shotgun, you know, obviously love the Braves. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've heard Orlando. Everyone wants to know about Harold. Yeah, Graham Harrell. I don't think we've heard that. No. Thought that Keaton Slovis might wait and follow Harrell somewhere, but uh, obviously he Pitt? chose Pitt, which What are your thoughts about that? Uh no, I think it's good. I think a change of scenery is gonna be good for him. Obviously, it's a you know, the offense worked well. You know, Cody Pickett had a huge, huge, huge year. Um you know, that's uh it's a defensive minded coach, but you know, Narduzzi, but they've seemed to get things working on offense when you have a quarterback that can do that well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ACC I think is pretty wide open right now. Clemson doesn't look like they're the beast that they've been. So yeah, I think there's some potential there. Um, you know, we'll see. You wish him you know, you wish him the best. I think he just needed I think he needed a change of scenery. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Is there anyone else like on staff that like Land in some place cool that you think is uh, I can't cool. or whatever like notable. No, I, I don't I think so. Top of my head, I'm not thinking. Not of anything that else. I can I'm sure remember. I'm blanking on somebody. Yeah. I'm trying to keep track of the new staff, right? That's Which is been more a rotation important. as yeah. well. But it is it. It's just kind of telling, and that this is sort of a precedent. I mean, like just sort of setting it up for the new staff because when something happens, yeah, like a coach appears to be coming to USC and he goes somewhere else, and fans are like, "Oh my god, that's the worst thing ever." It's like, well. Here's what you're used to. You're used to yeah. the guy that was coaching at USC now being coached at Georgia Southern. Like that's yeah. not equivalent. 
if Lincoln Riley hires someone and it doesn't work out, he's going to hire someone else that's just as qualified, not someone that would be at a Mac like school. He would get someone that would be at another power five school. And that's what's going to be happening. So I just sort of like set it up, like just understand the staff that you had where people are sort of like, Oh, Clay McGuire. Like he was pretty good. I'm like, yes, you loved Clay McGuire because he was actually pretty good. Like, you're USC. You should be hiring better than pretty good all the time. Yes. And so that's what you're going, you know, Nick Saban has had so many staffing changes, but all he does is keep hiring really good people. Um, yeah. Clay Hilton just didn't do that. He didn't hire really good people. And Dylan McCullough was like maybe one of the best out of the blue hires he had he stayed for one year. And then like, you never tried to repeat that. Yeah. Um, so I would just say, you know, calm down a little bit. Cause Lincoln Riley has a track record of making good hires. I think he's already brought in a whole bunch of good hires. Yeah. And if you had to replace somebody, you could argue you bring in somebody better, you know? So, yeah. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah. Well, I see what you're doing there, Ryan. You, what am I doing? Are you setting up our next topic? Yes. <laughs> um, cool. we got to talk about some, some new moves. They're not official yet. And none of the moves have been official yet besides who Lincoln brought with him to the Cal Week practices. Um, but seems like they've found a replacement for choice and, and for Jamar Cain. Yeah. So uh, like the thread we talked about, um, Chris uh, Trevino is doing great jobs as far as uh, updates go. I don't know if you want to go the offensive line first. We could do that. Yeah. Um, so it looks like uh, Josh Hans- Henson. Henson. Yeah. So they picked him up from Tex- Texas A&M. I almost had a Southern accent there. Texas A&M. Texas um, that was not intentional. Uh, yeah. So any thoughts about Josh? Uh, this is one of those things where you could argue is an upgrade, um, over what Beaten they have. Huh? Well, beaten ball. I mean, in theory, I think it could be on par, um, with beaten ball, but uh, now I'm blanking on the other guy that they had potentially hired. And, uh, so this looks like he's, you know, resume wise is better, you know, um, it's one of those things where if it's going to work out and you've recruited at a high level and you can be the co-offensive coordinator and all that, um, you feel good about where USC's been. I think this was probably maybe the most important hire or one of the most uh, important hires because USC's done such a poor job recruiting on the offensive line. Um Coaching yeah. on the offensive line, that's where they've made the best, the most mistakes, you could argue. Just years of like, yeah. why is that guy there? Like multiple years of a guy that shouldn't be coaching in power five coaching there. Yeah, Multiple years of a guy coaching sort of like out of position, like a, a different offense than what you were initially running. And then finally going the right direction in the last year. Um, he seems like he's the, the right direction right now. So he... Uh, you know, has he was at Oklahoma State, Missouri, uh, been Texas A&M since uh, 2019. So yeah, he was at know, Oklahoma State from 2016 to 2018. He's Apparently, been a recruiting coordinator, like a yeah. lot of good things, I think here. So I think USC fans are going to be happy. According to Adam Rittenberg from ESPN, he's going to be the offensive coordinator as well. Yeah, um, I think like how much do you expect Lincoln to be involved with all that as well? I think. Beatenbaugh was the same. I yeah. think there was something. So it's probably going to be a similar kind of role. Um, I mean, I think it's Lincoln Riley's offense, but yeah, he's going to be yeah. someone that's. Um, and a lot of this stuff is going to be titles and stuff too. Like if you want to, 
get somebody, sure. you know, you might have to give them a new title. And yeah. it's just the way they are. Like, no, that makes sense. At some point, there's going to be like everyone's an associate or assistant head coach or like, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. How many VIPs can you, I mean, v, VPs can you have? Like, sure. These to be just like, there's the president, the vice president. No, there's like 50 VPs in big companies now because you're like, I'm a VP. Like, well, so is everybody. Like, <laughs> um, sure. But no, I, I, this is one of those things where, um, you know, Texas A&M had good offensive line play. He's a really good recruiter. I think it's going to fit the kind of system that you're going to want. Like, it just seems to check all the boxes of, of what you'd want. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's. He's highly regarded. Like, yes. Yeah. He's someone that other people would want. Like, yes. Yeah. Like if, if Washington or Oregon could have hired him, like this would be like, they're, you know, oh, we'd love to hire someone like that. Yeah. But it's sort of like, how are you going to get the Texas A&M guy? Like Texas A&M just had like the number one class in the world, you know? Um, they're in the SEC. They beat Alabama the, yeah. this year. Yeah, you go get there. They get their guy. Like that's yeah, something, which know? is like your third option. Yeah, and you're 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 in the ring with other heavyweights. You know, if you hire a running back coach and he gets hired away by Texas, or you hire an offensive line coach and he gets hired away by LSU, you're in the ring with heavyweights. Like these are yeah. like you know. And they gave them more money or they gave them a different title. It's like, yeah, that's, this is going to happen, you know? But yeah. what are you going to do? I'm going to go steal somebody else's guy. Not, I'm going to find somebody that no one knows about. Like, no, USC shouldn't be doing that. They should just be like, who's the best at this position? I'm going to try to hire him away, try yeah. him away. Like, they're going to poach you like that. USC got poached and USC's been poaching. So yeah. it's just you're you're fighting with the heavyweights right now. Yeah. And that, that's where you want USC to be. Like, yeah. Be in the ring. You're going to lose some. You're going to get punched a few yeah, times because yeah. you're in the ring with the heavyweights now. The issue is not that you're getting poached. It's It was who USC was replacing guys with. And now is the point that Ryan's trying to make. The quality of replacements is much higher than what we've seen in the Clay Hilton era. Yeah. And, and speaking of choice, it sounded like it was also a family thing going back to Texas. Yeah, I think there's part. So I, I think that, and like, and the, the, the feeling I got too was like, these things just happen. Like it's still like, they're still humans. They still have personal lives yeah. and family and stuff like that. So it's not always just, you know, this school is better than that school and X, Y, and Z, you know? Right. It's, it's a better situation for you as a person, as a coach, yeah. as a player or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't mean this kid picked, you know, someone picks Auburn over Alabama. doesn't mean, Auburn's a better program. This is better for that person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's the same sort of thing here. Yeah, so it seems like uh, based on his Twitter account, USC has picked up Keel McDonald from Utah. Uh, he was Utah's running backs coach. Um, he penned a goodbye to Utah fans and uh, has a lot of Trojan signs and things on yeah. his he's retweeting a ton of usc stuff so that seems like all yeah points. it's like like the usc logo is his like avatar yeah, or yeah. twitter or whatever the, or it was i don't know if I, yeah. yeah if you're reading the very large tea leaves it appears that he's going to be the next uh running backs coach for usc uh yeah, his bio says rb coach of the boulevard which yeah you know, usc's like nil thing yeah right? yeah yeah so uh coached zach moss who's utah's uh, most successful running back in the program um Seems like a, a good fit. It seems like he was well regarded at Utah. Yeah. He uh I mean, look how the way Utah runs the ball. I mean, that's like there's there's different ways you can evaluate coaches when you're being hired and stuff, right? There's different things you could do. You look at the success. Sometimes it's like, oh, he ran the offense at this place. Well, he was the offensive coordinator, but he didn't run the offense. This guy called the plays. You know, sure, so, sure, there's sure. things like that happen. You know, the running back coach, it's like, you know, maybe the offensive line is amazing, but they've just consistently been able to run the football 
But the other aspect is, and I think Alicia Deratola touches on this, like look to see what the other fan base is saying. <laughs> yeah. you know? So yeah. if you're Georgia Southern and you're excited that Clay Helton is the new head coach, go, hey, won a Rose Bowl, won the Pac-12, all that stuff. Are the fans bummed that he's leaving? No. No, it's different because you're talking about USC and you're talking about uh, a Sunbelt team. Sure. But in this case, or in the case of Texas A&M, if you look at the message boards on Utah or with the Aggies, no one's happy that those coaches are leaving. They're like, oh, no, he recruited this guy. He recruited this guy. He did, like, read those. And then you go like, okay, you're hiring someone away that was highly sought after, that was well-liked by the because he, he did a really good job. Yeah. And I think with McDonald here, Gil McDonald, like, he did a really good job uh, coaching, recruiting, running backs there. Now, sometimes you're going to get some sour grape stuff like, well, well, he did this or blah, blah, blah. Sure. It was really this guy, which is more of a, if you're seeing excuses like that, that's even better. Like, <laughs> what is Oklahoma, like, the, the Oklahoma fan things have baffled me because I've every interaction I've had with Oklahoma fans has been great. I know the people that run those sites well and stuff, but holy cow, like, there is some bitter breakup stuff going on yeah. there. And and you just want to say, like, look, this doesn't look good. If you're going to be like if your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever breaks up with you and you start dating somebody new and all you can do is talk about your ex like that doesn't look good. Like if your Brett Venable is like, hey, man, I was like the most sought after assistant coach in the country. Like you made the biggest assistant coach hire you possibly could make. You know, like no one want, like people wanted Brett Venable to be their head coach for a long time. And he said, no, 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 no. And you fight, you got him. Like, this is a huge deal that you hired this guy. Yeah. Yes, you lose Lincoln Riley, who had great success, but you're Oklahoma. You can move on and do the good things. If all you're talking about is Lincoln Riley still, it's like, what do you think Brad Venables thinks about that? Like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, I'm here. Like, I'm, you know, shadow, I'm not yeah. chopped liver, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just so weird that people would go there and just be that upset about stuff. But that tells you. Okay, did USC do a good thing hiring Lincoln Riley? Yeah, they are pissed off that he's gone. Like yeah. they are not now. They're saying like he sucks or it was like sure. Like that's what you're saying because you're trying. He sucks and why are you so mad? Exactly. Like <laughs> that's the thing. So the whole point about these assistant coach hires is just look where the kid, like the kid, where the the guy came from, and are they going? Oh, thank God! Like his salary was so big and he never did anything recruiting. Like if somebody hired Clancy Pendergast away, like in the middle of Clay Helton's tenure. Would USC fans be going, oh, no, like, what are we going to do with recruiting? Like, like, no, like, he doesn't recruit. Like, you'd be like, oh, uh, well, maybe we won't give up, like, third and 18s anymore to the opponents. Uh, maybe we'll actually recruit people. So if people were going to hire away some of the assistant coaches from USC, outside of, like, Cliff Kingsbury, um, no, you're not going to be upset about it. Yeah. But yeah, Utah fans, not not super happy. That uh, yeah, he's gone. Also, Tech. I have a lot of respect for Kyle Whittingham, and so f to poach a coach who's learned under him as well, I think is valuable. Um, and then the other one is uh, Sean Nua, uh, the defensive line coach from Michigan. Yeah, uh, apparently is going to be the replacement for Jamar Kane. So, yeah, Nua, um, that's an interesting one. Apparently had a hand in the multiple going to be first round draft picks. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, but the interesting thing too, as well, the 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 coaches are coming from schools that are either still playing or just played in a bowl game. Yeah, like teams that are playing like late December, January football, and 
That's what you want. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Kane's. It's hard to get that. Kane's LSU, I think, right? Yeah. Kane went to LSU. There was. Okay. So there was. What was the rumor? There was an offensive line rumor, but it wasn't like um, after Bean Baugh, there was somebody else that was rumored. But I don't think it was like semi-official like these other like Choice and Kane were. Oh, yes. yes That's yes, what yes. I was thinking of. I'm yes. getting that confused. So I, yes, my apologies. I, I posted about it. I remember now. Yeah. I apologize for that. So there's been so like that one wasn't like that was like sort of the rumor, but I don't think it came to be. Yes. No, it did was not. Was it Houston? It might have been Houston's. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, this, no, so this should tell you how much like how much this has changed. It's been so crazy. And yeah. I'm, I'm usually terrible at remembering Brandon Jones. Stuff. That's Brandon who it Jones, was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like it, he was Houston, right? Yes. Yeah. So like that was the rumor. It seemed like it was going to happen and then it didn't. And you get Henson who's better, you know, like you get, you get someone else. It's better. Um, you know, we'll see about Nua. Like I, there was talk that maybe he was more of an interior guy than the, the ends. And I don't yeah. know if that was sort of like, but then I, I read more and it seemed like he had a hand in it as well. Yeah. But it's one of those things that you can't, unless you're watching practice, you can't fully see. Right. You know, so. um, but you know, that's obviously, this is you took the defensive line coach from a playoff team. Yes, you know? yes. The winningest program of all time. Michigan. I think Michigan still has the most wins. Um, not that that means anything, but whatever. Like, yes. Like, this is the kind of stuff. Would USC have done that before? No. No. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Kane's got. He's, he's, you know, okay, he gets a promotion, a title, whatever, more money at LSU. All right, we'll get. You know, we'll get somebody from Michigan. You know, it's like that's that's what you want. Like, it doesn't. I don't want people to be upset that, oh, you lost this guy or lost that guy. It's like, this is this is how this works. If you're going to be playing, you know, you're swimming with the sharks now. And you're, sometimes you're going to eat and sometimes you're going to get a bite out of you too. So, because you're, you're in the pool of sharks. Yeah. Now, like I said, it's not, nothing is official yet. And so I hate talking about coaches like they're here when we haven't had uh, a release from USC yet. And also just on the timing of that, that takes a while. Like uh, I've had sources stress oh. to me in the past. Like it's it's you're not it's a higher education system. Yeah, like they're being hired through a university. It's not the NFL. Or just no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, Jerry Jones is like, yep, here's sign. The here we sign. go. Yeah. yeah, no. There's like a lot of things that they have to go through. Red tape, bull crap. Yeah. yeah, and like I've I've even been told like there were times when you know people are like, why is it taking USC so long to announce something? And it was like literally because someone like copied something the wrong way. Like it's like the most like. <laughs> Like weird, random reasons that you don't think would happen, but like that's what holds up these things, and like you're still dealing with HR and all this. So, so just wait on that sense. Um, but if 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 uh, Nua Sean Nua does become USC's next defensive line coach, um, I think it's really a plus because he was born he was born in American Samoa, so you establish that poly connection again on yeah. the staff, which USC lost. That's so big in recruiting because that that culture is so strong that if you have someone who can relate to it. I think it just adds in the in the recruiting trail. So no, I agree. And yeah. it, he you know played at BYU, um, USC's last defensive line coach. Same thing, right? Like yeah. Vic yeah. Soto. Yeah. Oh, wait, where'd Vic go? He went to um, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he's yeah. still in the Pac-12. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's good. Like people argue about that. Oh, you need a Polynesian coach. You need a Polynesian coach. And certainly, I think it helps. But I feel like. USC's created a good culture for Polynesian players. Like there's places, you know, obviously BYU or Utah. Um, USC's had that for a while. And I think there, I think people feel comfortable. If you had five Polynesian assistant coaches or one or, or none, like I still feel like the culture is set up pretty well uh, there. Now that if you, if you go away and you don't have 
Polynesian coaches for a few years, any of them, uh, then that might deteriorate the culture a little bit. But I think they've built up a pretty good culture there where it seems like when we've talked to players, they feel comfortable playing. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems like a, a good community there. But it looks like the staff, if this is the staff, yeah. it's full. There won't be like a full-time special teams at least it doesn't seem like it at this point. Yeah, which, I mean, with the way that special teams is trending, I mean, I feel like we've seen it. Like, we've seen dedicated special teams coaches at USC, and has it really made a big difference? Yeah. Like, enough of a difference where you want to use a spot for that? You I don't know. say before it hurt USC, but... Uh, yeah. I like Sean Snyder, you know. They, yeah. Just, there, there wasn't, like, anything spectacular, but it seemed like... They're more fundamentally sound with him coaching special teams. Yeah, they Big just Griffiths. never they never got the uh, some of those spark plays that you were yeah looking for. Yeah, like if you watch the Rose Bowl, like the Britton Covey's things, like that's cool. Well, like, Britton Covey's like forty years old. He like he has an advantage old. in the sense that he's been he playing. He might be older than you. He's been playing. I'm gonna Google this. He's been playing college football longer than these people have been alive. He so joined. He has like he was, a, he was in the 2015 recruiting class. Wow, really. Yeah, so you're a little older than him. Probably, oh, Ryan, you got my hopes up. It's okay. But you're younger than uh, Ben Griffith. Yeah, he's also 30 years old, Ryan, but yes. He's like married and stuff, too. He I is think. married. Yeah. He's married three years old. It's like a Stevie T. Oh, Stevie Cool, yeah. When he was uh, the old, old old married soul on the team. The he lived in his team. car like for... When he was in transition, yeah. When he signed crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else we got to talk about? Where are we as far as timing on oh, this podcast? Oh, we are. Which is hilarious because we always come in and we're like, are we going to be able to talk long? And like, it's an hour and a half We're later. almost to an hour, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, there's been, make sure you check out the site. There's been a bunch of scholarship offers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, All-American Bowl on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Some top prospects are going to announce their decision. Yeah. Um, crazy last year because of 2020 or 2021 they had the like decision day all-american it wasn't like a bowl right but now it's that actually was like, like um cory foreman cory foreman and uh sierra Wright. oh sierra Wright, yeah he did that too um i believe it was like january 2nd which is crazy yes but that, it was yeah because so we did uh, i did the last i guess right before the break or like after christmas but before new year's i did a year review with gerard which people did not like well i mean they like gerard they don't want to hear about the year review. They're like, yeah. <laughs> but it started with Corey Foreman, like January second, like, oh, five star comes in. Like, yeah. So it started like on a good note, and then on a high note, and then the things went kind of sideways, kind of forgettable, or needed to be forgettable. The whole thing. But I mean, if the way it opinion. ended, like you know, the way it ended, it was sort of like a. You know the story. You yeah. can You can listen. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. But uh, people are like, I don't want to review that year. Blah blah. I'm like, okay, fair, but we just we did it. Sure. Sure. I don't sure. normally think we do that. Yeah, but it's like, well, let's do a year review. It was a good idea for someone who doesn't plan, right? I don't plan. I plan, and I did a lot of planning for you that. You did a great I had, job. I had to go through like did all. Did you make notes? All, I mean, I had like pages of like Ryan, dates. I'm so proud of you. Every date, like any kind of. <laughs> yeah, like trying to go through all the old stories of like, okay, wow. what happened here? Yeah, guys, this is big. <laughs> that was a big deal, and then for people to be like, I did try. Yeah, so now he's never gonna plan ever again. I could, I cried a little. Oh, no, Ryan, I'm just kidding. So there were just sad. some people. <laughs> Yeah, no, but the All-American Bowl, uh, Saturday morning, C.J. Williams is going to announce he's between USC and UCLA. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see about that. He was once committed to Notre Dame. Right. So we will see about that. Mm. I believe uh, there's another prospect. Um, is Moss? Uh, Cyrus Moss. Is he announcing? I don't know. I'm a little confused. I've lost the dates right now. Also, we've been talking about so many topics that I've a little lost track. That's okay. 
But um, yes. But yeah, we should. So the we're games, not the recruiting guys. <laughs> the game's on Saturday, um, and then I'll be in about a week and a half from now. I'm flying out to Hawaii. Uh, Poor soul. I know. Well, I got to cover the the Polynesian Bowl. You know, uh, it's, Polynesian. No player. one wants to do it, and you always step up right. I have to, you know, do those things like, oh, Hawaii thing. Oh, no, USC doesn't have everyone there. I'll go anyway. That's fine. <laughs> I'll There's cover actually, the experience. Of the there should whole. be a bunch of targets and stuff there too. Yeah. They're probably guys that have signed. Like that's happened in the past. Yeah. I think uh, Gino Quinones was one. Like he yeah. was. Like, he's from there. You know, Talanoa was one of them. Talanoa. I think he maybe was there and didn't announce, or maybe announced there. I can't remember. He was someone that signed but didn't announce right away. Okay. So maybe announced there. Solomon Tulaapupu, he was there like in his boot. You know, I was like, oh, is it, it, even then it was like, oh, I'll be back any day now. And then it's still not back, basically. <sighs> um, but, there's been, you know, uh, Puka Nakua, I remember doing one-on-one with him. I love wow, that kid. He TBT. was great. Yeah. He was great. Um, there's a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of dudes. Um, you know, especially anyone you're recruiting from Hawaii, it's always good to kind of to cover that. But we'll do one day. I'll be hanging out with Brandon Huffman, so we'll get all the scoop of what's going on. But nice. Do the North Shore one day, which the is Huff. awesome. The shrimp truck. Shrimp, do you yes. Like, yes. You do the no, I, I went to Hawaii. Yeah. Shrimp trucks summer. are great. So you could do. So my favorite, you get the, the plate lunches. <laughs> shrimp trucks, you get the spicy or like, the, the garlic shrimp. Yeah. So they, they, they're awesome. And then, but the North Shore is like the littered because they have the shrimp uh, farms and stuff up there. But then like scoop of rice. You can eat rice, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, you probably can't do the Mac salad. Why? Okay. It, is it mac and cheese? Yeah. Oh, it, no, not, we not established at the start of the podcast. Not mac and cheese. It's mac salad. Macaroni salad. Um, no, it's, macaroni, it's still macaroni, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> but mac salad is so good. Um, it sounds good. Yeah. But the, the shrimp trucks up there are awesome. So we're going to do one day up there. I think it's Kahuku High School. So it's like, I believe, like where The Rock played. And, oh, uh, nice. A bunch of guys. Where it, is it on the island? It's the North Shore. So, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's more remote up there. It's like the Kamayamea Highway goes like yeah. all the way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love going up there. So we'll do one day up there and then most of the other practices are in, uh, you know, the closer to Honolulu, but we're in Waikiki. The, the, we're, I think we're next to the players hotel and nice. they got some cool events and stuff like Juju was there. I think the last time I was there, yeah, he was like one of the guest speakers, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, oh, the, it sounds like such a fun trip. Very yeah. jealous of you. I'll get some, uh, shoot some highlights and do some interviews and. You know, the most Ryan Abraham kiss and waves, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's the most Ryan Abraham combo ever. Travel, beach, USC football. Yeah, I used to go it's like the Ryan Abraham event. And if you go to like the Polynesian uh, Hall of Fame, is it down there? Mm, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. you know a bunch of USC guys that are in that. The Troy Palomalu's. Yeah, I it. did visit that because there's a little uh, shopping center too. Yeah, the shopping center yeah, right near yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, no, it's pretty cool. They have gluten free crepes there. Sorry, I just had to tell you. Yeah. It was a big deal. I haven't had a crepe in like a decade. Those are Hawaiian ices things. You could, you can <sighs> Shave get ice. Shave mm, ice. Yeah. So good. Um, I love the plate lunches stuff. They're, they're good. And like uh, poke. Like just poke is See, I'm not, a, I'm not. Yeah. Raw I, wish, I wish I was. But I'm not. Because that's, that's gluten free. You could eat all yeah, that. I know. It's so good. I know. I love fish. Going fishing or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I used to go to the, the. It was the Army All-American Bowl every year in San Antonio. But like you would be spending New Year's Eve in San Antonio. And it was, you know, the Riverwalk's cool. No offense to anyone from San Antonio. Chris Trevino's got family and stuff there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. Like, I liked it. But there's like, you can go to the Alamo, but you've done that. And I've been on the Riverwalk like a billion times. So it's like, yeah. there's only so many times you can spend New Year's Eve there. Um, but they, I think it's moved now. It used to be, I was talking to someone about this. It used to be crazy. 
when coaches could come. I've so, heard some stories from you guys. So the yeah, it was like the dead period ended on the day of the All America Bowl, which was usually like the Saturday after, and it would always play like early and then like the NFL playoffs would be like right after like the wild card round or whatever would be right after or what I don't even know if it was that but the the after the game coaches used to be able to come into the lobby of the hotel Sark when he was at Washington had a bus decked out in Washington like wrapped in Washington crap and like pulled out in front of the hotel everyone would have like you know they would have suites in the hotel room and like it was yeah it was crazy i remember talking about like joe mixon do you remember him yeah um he was like a junior like he was he wasn't even like a senior and like him telling me which coaches were talking to him and they were not supposed to because he's not he wasn't even a senior you know like Whoops. so he was like an under you know he was yeah. an undergrad but they, yeah. they had like combines and stuff they would do or he, he might have been playing the game they had some juniors play i think i forget exactly or he might have just been with a combine but super cool kid like usc was recruiting him and stuff too um but yeah, I remember him telling me stories in the lobby. Like, yeah, this guy's talking to me. This guy's talking to me. I'm like, is that legal? Like, I don't think it is. But um, it was a really interesting way to interact with players. Now you can't do that stuff anymore. But it was pretty fun back in the day. Sounds like it. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Stuff. This is an old story. Nice. Uh, Joe Mixon was on my uh, fantasy team this year. So it's funny. Like, oh, some kid I talked to when he was 16. He's on my fantasy football team now. Yeah. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Can we just have a, a moment? The man. He came in big, especially if you're a play if you're in the playoffs in your fantasy league. Like oh, he's yeah. someone to pick up. Carried, carried, uh, fourth round draft pick. Just want to remind everyone. Yeah. What were they thinking? Goff seemed to find a connection with him later in the season. So I mean, the man, the man was a professional from the like freshman yeah. PRP that we saw. Yeah. Like you just looked at the field and you're like, that kid is different. <laughs> he was different. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, good for him. We congratulate him. Yeah. I I didn't see how he did. Last week, or but it seems like every week he had he like hundred yards and a touchdown. He said some of. new thing. He did some new thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, good for him. Yes. All right. Well, why don't we take a break because we just rambled on for we a did. while, uh, and we'll come back and answer a few questions. We only have a few, but we'll uh, back for that. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast we've got a few questions P- please send them in podcast at uscfootball.com or um, send us a text 424-254-9141 is the number you can leave us a voicemail as well and we'd be happy to answer your questions so that horrible uh outro that we had I've, i looked it up during the break the long break that we had lions uh wide receiver omarase brown is the first rookie in nfl history with at least eight catches in five straight games Oh, very cool go. for him. Yeah, so congrats to him. Uh, uh, yeah, I told I told a friend of mine to pick him up. Like, she needed someone in her fantasy league. I'm like, pick up St. Brown. And she yeah. did. And like, yeah, it was like 120 yards, touchdown, something like that. Look cool. at that. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, so we got a question from Steve who said, uh, when a player enters the portal, what is the departing team's liability to keep their old scholarship or position on the roster open? Or is it assumed uh, that they are released from the obligation the minute they enter and then a negotiation if they decide to exit the transfer portal and return? All right, Steve. So I think from what you're saying here, um, and keep in mind, football's a headcount sport. Like, you basically have to be at the 85 limit. It's like end of July, early August. Like, that's when the sort of transition happens. So it's not like the ride goes away or you can give it away like in the middle of the season or whatever. 
um, he would still be counting until, you know, if you were on the team in September, you're on it till the next, like you're on the books until the next uh, August or whatever. Um, if you leave, you know, you can sign people early and have them take spots and things like that. But as far as like liability, like we mentioned earlier in the show, if you sign, if you transfer someplace and you sign like Dylan Gabriel did sign financial aid paperwork, um, you are not obligated to go to that school. But then once you're there, you're enrolled. Now you're there. Um, but the school would need to keep you. If you enter the transfer portal, the school can say sayonara. And we've Clay Helton has was keeping an open door. So someone who went in the portal, um, Valus, Matt Fink, Matt Fink did came back. Valus Jones did came back and then left again. Um, did Liam Jimmins or no? No, I, I can't. There's, I think there's one or two other people that like left and then they end up coming back. And it's up to the the head coach though. But once you enter the portal, they don't have to take you back, is my understanding. I think Utah. There, I think even like I think David Shaw was doing that too. Where like if you go into the portal, you're out. Like goodbye. And I I don't I wouldn't fault head coaches for that if you want to have some kind of conversation about well here's a reason why we want that to happen or whatever. But as far as that stuff goes, yeah, you're you're out. It's like you're you know hey I want to see other people, but I might want to get back together. Well, if your the original partner doesn't want to get back together, I get it. You know, and they're going out and they can be recruited. They can take visits. And things like that. So it's really up to the school. Once you enter the portal, I don't think they have to. My understanding is that they don't have to bring you back. But a lot of coaches, maybe the majority, I'm not sure, are definitely open to it. Now, there might be some players that are like, you didn't want there anyway. And once they enter the portal, you're like, yep, you're not coming back. But we've seen a lot of it. The, the evidence is there's a lot more play, players in the portal than there are openings on rosters. And I think a lot of people went to the portal and just never ended up anywhere or went down the division or, you know, that's, that's the tough part. There's, you see the high profile guys, um, but there's a lot of guys that just went to the portal and never found a home. Yeah. It's like the Island of Misfit Toys for some people. What is that from? Uh, Like a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing. Oh, okay. yeah, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was for the Rudolph one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rudolph gets, he's an outcast and he meets the. He goes to the island of misfit toys, and they're a bunch of out, like toys that you know, dolls that their heads on backwards or whatever it is, stuff like that. <laughs> the yeah. rejects, and then they realize, you know, Santa, you know, Rudolph saves Santa, and then he finds homes for the misfit toys. Oh, you know, it's all. Oh, it's nice. A, I don't want to spoiler alert. Sorry, spoiler alert. I believe so. I might have that it's, all wrong. It's post Christmas, so yeah. it's okay. I didn't see that one. Uh, we got an email from Michael T. Jennings who said, hello, Ryan Keeley Shotgun and cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino. Uh, so basically, he said he's a longtime listener, so thank you very much. And he's a huge USC fan. He's been going to games with his dad since he was two. And he said, do you guys see any traditions that were put on the back burner or let fade away under Clay Helton and his predecessors coming back with Coach Riley and or any new tra- traditions forming under him? He says, I live in North Carolina now, so I don't get to see much of the team anymore or hear about the traditions and culture. Uh, hoping to make it to a game next year now that we have a head coach. I haven't been back since we lost to Oregon in 2012. Fight on, Michael T. Jennings. Hey, Michael. Um, if you're looking for, like, yeah, there was this cool tradition that Clay Helton killed. Like, I don't think there was anything like that. This is such a great question for Dan. I feel like Dan would, could Dan go would off like, on this. He would tell you about the socks, like what color the socks are or something. But I, I think in the sense that like if you want to go as far as to say like 
hard nosed football or, you know, what everything we heard from the Pete Carroll era about, you know, the practices were harder than the games and stuff right. like that, you know, the physicality and stuff like that. I think that was something that kind of uh, waned uh, over the years. But yeah. And I mean, there, there's things that you just can't do anymore that you could do before. Yeah. And that's across, I mean, you can't do the, the Oklahoma drill. Yeah. You can't, there's things you can't do. Um, now, even, even the Trojan drill that we saw that spring, NCAA banned that. You can't do anything like that. You can't do it anymore. No, no. Yeah. So when we kept saying, like, oh, where's the Trojan drill? It's because they can't legally do that. They're not allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's some programs that probably would still do it or like would stop doing it, kicking and screaming. And USC wasn't going to be one of those programs. Well, we also were there watching and we're going to tweet if they did it. True. Yeah. Probably doesn't help. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't really think of anything else as far as traditions and stuff go. Like, Blowing out teams? <laughs> That's that not really hasn't a tra- happened. It's not really a tradition, but... But even just, know. like, stuff with... I mean, there was weird things that happened, like, Lin Swan, like, banned the song girls from the basketball game or whatever. Sure, but that's not... I'm trying to think of other things. No, I can't really think of anything, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he was open for former players to come back. I don't think that was... That's, that's something that you see sometimes where they're not really embracing the past. I don't think Clay Hilton avoided that or anything um and lincoln riley seems to have embraced that too i mean just having like matt liner at his announcement and you know mentioning guys like that yeah um yeah i don't i don't michael i can't think of really anything that just sort of like stopped because uh clay helton was the head coach the winning but does <laughs> i mean i did write about this in my article about dante williams when he first took took over as uh interim but like you know things like you don't walk on the the logo in the locker room. That's something that Dante Williams tried to to uh, reinvolve. You know, putting the the stanchions around it and whatnot, and that kind of faded away as well because the season ended up how it did. But I think just overall, and this is like the general thing I heard from from players and whatnot. It's just like the respect of the logo. Like, who are you playing for? You're playing for SC, and I think. And we saw this under Sark too, so I don't I don't want to lump this just under Helton, but kind of the the me playing for me versus us. Yeah. And I've heard that from like different levels of the organization. So I think if Lincoln Riley can can get that back together where the brand itself and, and the pride of who you're playing for um put meaning back into that. Because I think that definitely has been lost a little bit. Yeah. Um we talked about Colin Coward earlier. I was watching his show earlier today. He had an NFL reporter on, I forget his name, but one of the things they were talking about, um, and I think it might have been with like Jim Harbaugh, he potentially could go back to the NFL. He's like, one of the constants is uh, in a football locker room is the culture. And we've seen some changes with the Patriots over the years, but they've established a culture and it's a winning culture. And even if you have Cam Newton, uh, over the hill Cam Newton as your quarterback, you're still going to win some games or you get a rookie Mac Jones, you're still going to win games. Or you have a Hall of Famer goat like Tom Brady, you're going to win games. Um, but the culture, I think, is something that you might not be able to say. Like, there's the Patriot way, right? That people do things a certain way. Yeah. Um, winning, losing cultures, like, I, it's hard to really quantify it. But you could just tell from the way USC was and when Dante Williams took over, like, hey, this culture sucks. We need to change it. Like, yeah. they, he wasn't talking about changing the culture because it was great. We need to tweak it. It was like, this is deteriorated so bad. And yeah. um, that's what I think has to be consistent. And then 
if Lincoln Riley can establish that and he establishes a winning culture, I mean, Urban Meyer doesn't really work in the NFL. There's things he had problems with in college, but he could establish a winning culture. Nick Saban obviously has been doing it. He's lost every assistant coach you could possibly get. Everyone from his staff has been hired and promoted and gone somewhere else. And he's, com- he's competed against them for years and years and has a great track record against it. But he's created this culture. He's the thing that makes that go. And it doesn't matter how many assistants you lose. It doesn't matter how many guys go in the first round. That culture is going to continue to be executed at a high level. You might not win a championship every year, and you won't, but you're going to be competing for it. And you're going to be close. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the tradition has to get back to. You can't say, like, here's what happened with the – like, the culture was bad. Uh, there was a great culture under Pete Carroll. Yeah. There wasn't as great of a culture under Lake Giffen and Steve Sarkeesian. And well, you hope that Lincoln Riley can establish that again. So if you lose your defensive coordinator or you lose your offense, you know, whatever, your offensive line coach, uh, and your guy goes pro early or opts out for the seat, whatever it is, the culture is good enough that you have there's players ready to step up, there's other coaches you can hire. The culture you've established is winning, and you lose pieces to it, but the the, the overall culture stays the same. And I think that's their tradition that you want to get back to because they had it under Pete Carroll. Yeah. It just hasn't been the same since. And in the same vein, being the pinnacle of West coast football, you know, yes. it was like, if you're talking about the West, you're talking about USC football, you know, you're not talking about the Oregon's or the Utah's or, or whatnot. It was just like, Oh, title championship. Yeah, of course USC won that. You know, it's, that right. was, that was their brand. It was just like, it's USC and everyone else. And whether that is just, a relic of the Pete Carroll era in the past. We'll see going forward, but I know USC fans would like to reestablish that. So hundred percent. And uh, yeah, there'd be, Oh, remember that one year they shared the title with Washington state or whatever. Like that's the kind of stuff you want. Not like, remember that year you finished four and eight. Like there's like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one final email and it's from Dan class of 1962 who says greatly enjoyed see there we go he here's one person who did greatly enjoyed the recap of the year in detail with Gerard so your, your work your work paid off right thanks dan i hope that keely and you had a good holiday vacation thank you i was sick for most of it but thank you anxious to hear ryan's report from the polynesian bowl look at that it's like he was sitting in the the office with us well the bowl season was underwhelming because of the irrelevance of the bowl season nationally yes become espn is becoming the sec publicity network and unless your team is in a bowl game the bowls are totally uninteresting especially with the key players opting out of most bowls UCLA avoided a loss to Wisconsin by just not playing. Without all of the conference champions in the playoffs like is done in March Madness, the playoff is more of a beauty contest than a true national championship. Nationally, it's fun to root for underdogs, not the same old, same old uh, teams who have been recruiting advantage and being hyped by ESPN constantly. What are your opinions about the Bulls and the playoff for the national championship? Happy New Year. Fight on and win with Riley. Dan, class of 1962. Hey, Dan. Uh, real quick, UCLA avoided losing to Miami, but I, that was a toss-up game. Miami's the one that opted out of that, and they didn't get a. Yeah, Wisconsin. Reason, no, Wisconsin beat um, Arizona State. For some reason, NC State. Am I? Oh no! I'm sorry. You see, okay. Uh, Washington State was supposed to play Miami. Okay. And then they got to play Central Michigan. UCLA was supposed to play NC State, and UCLA backed out of that one. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, COVID uh, issues. COVID. Yeah, but Washington State got the game remade. But Washington State was supposed to play Miami. Um, they dropped out. Central Central Michigan comes in. Did you see that Central Michigan because they won got like two hundred 
or two million dollars compared no. to like they were supposed to get two hundred dollars, two hundred million dollars if they went to a bowl game. Two hundred thousand, probably. Yeah. Yes, sorry, I'm this is into the podcast. Okay. Um, but they got a ton more money just because of the the COVID reset. And they won. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's they crazy. shut out Washington State the first half. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah, Washington State was like a seven and a half point favorite and lost that one. Yeah, so sorry, but it wasn't going to be Wisconsin. Wisconsin beat Arizona State. They yes. just they just yes. strangled them. Yes, um, they had a. Like like eighteen play, nine minute and fifty three second drive to end the game. Like the last like like they get the ball with nine fifty three left and ran the clock out. Like didn't even score. So <laughs> that day I think was just like back to back bowl games and I was yeah. just sick. And so I was watching it the whole I was watching every game the whole day. And then that game started at like seven thirty. And so I was just sick and I was tired. I was going to bed and like Last thing I saw before I went to bed was just all these tweedlers that was like, not like this Arizona State. No, <laughs> like everyone was, I was like, okay, Arizona State had to do, had, like did something bad. So yeah, it was funny to they see. They couldn't stop them. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I still like the Bulls and I feel like players like them. I'm not going to worry if players opt out. If you want to opt out, that's fine. But these are great opportunities. I think for, you know, COVID uh, years are tough. Like, you're not going to SeaWorld or whatever. You know, there's cool stuff you could do. You get some swag. Um, you get to play again. You get to play an unfamiliar opponent. And the the ratings are good. Like, the people are saying there's too many bowl games and stuff. Like, no, I want more. Now, I, I love just watching bowl games. New Year's Day was so fun, like, watching yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Turning games on and just, you know, the Rose Bowl was awesome. It was so good. Um, I mean, the Pac-12 was, was P.U., they I were. wish I was rooting for Utah in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it, it I, sucked I, to see Cam Rising go out. I know he was so he was such a stud. Um, that's tough, you know. But I, I don't have a problem with it. I think ESPN, they own. I think like like forty one or forty two bowls, and they, it's like all but three or four they broadcast. But then they put so much emphasis on the playoff, and apparently they were going to try to do that less this year. But they've diminished the bowls. To somewhat, you know, they're, they're, it's like, you know, but people still watch the Bulls. Like, you want to see more college football because you love college football, you yeah. know? There's some bad games. There was some, you know, just awful. Like, that, the Wisconsin Arizona State game wasn't that fun to watch. You know, it no. just, there wasn't a lot going on there. The, unfortunately, the, the Washington State game, and they didn't even score a point. In the, they had like 240 yards in the game right. against Central Michigan. Like, that wasn't that fun to watch. They, they made a flurry at the end and tried to come back and didn't do it. But I still like watching these bowl games. And like, New Year's Day is way fun. If anything, the playoffs kind of sucked. Like they're both blowouts. Yeah, I forget how many playoff games there have been. There's been like twenty and like seventeen of them in blowouts. You know, yeah, um, that's not so good. So here's an interesting thing, and I okay. know we're at the end of the podcast. I'm sorry. No, no. Do you think the time to prepare with the playoffs kind of like eliminates a competitive advantage that normally you have in the regular season? Because like when you have that long to prepare, does it really just come down to? talent level roster star level you know i think it puts more emphasis on the coaching staff i mean yeah nick saban is really good if you have the more time he has the better like, oh yeah it's like if we you and i are playing poker and you're a better player than me and i play 10 hands against you i might win seven of them if i played 100 hands against you you're probably going to win more than i win because yeah. you're better you're skilled there's luck involved you give nick saban three weeks and you give clay helton three weeks like what do you think is going to happen like who's going to get there or a whole off like, season we, yeah like that's what you know so i feel like the best coaches 
when you have a long layoff, are going to have an advantage. Sure, yeah. And, and in that sense, do you think it would be more fun to have the playoff earlier? Kick, if, kick the early signing day out of the picture. That has to go. Kick it out. You have the playoffs happen like December 15th, whatever. I would. I think that's good. I want to see an expanded playoff. Yeah. Um, and you're going to get better games because like teams like Alabama and Georgia will get a bye, right? Yeah. So we don't need to see them right away. Yeah. But it would be fun to see like if Utah was in it, like they're playing really well. Like yeah. Utah, Ohio State, if that was like the first round of the playoffs, like neither of them made it. But if that's like the you know, 11 seed versus yeah. seven seed or something. Sure. That would be an awesome. Like, yeah. Cause, and uh, do you want to play either one of those teams? Like you see CJ Stroud throw for 7,000 yards. Like, okay. <laughs> or Utah, like as well as they played, like then you're Alabama in the next round and you just saw somebody just, you know, in an amazing game, like, Whoa, okay. You got, yeah. you, I got to take these guys seriously. I think that w- that would be more fun. And yeah, plays those earlier and play those right away. Yeah. I think you would at least, it would be less blowout city. USA. Yeah. Uh, but I still, I, do you like the Bulls? Like, I still like the Bulls. Like, I mean, uh, you're I, homesick. Like, you're watching bowl games. Like, oh, yeah, great. it was great. No, see, but I'm also biased because I'm working on college football Saturdays. So, like, the average amount of games I see is like either if it's like a day game or a really late Pac 12 game that we're covering, then I try and watch day games. But so the bowl season for me is like, oh, I finally get to like really just dig in a little. Yeah. yeah. Devour all the college football, you know? So uh, to me, it's, it's, it's fun, but I also haven't been watching it uh, morning to night. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, early on, like where you're in the, you know, the December, like post Christmas days, there's usually like one or two bowl games a day. And, you know, I would flip through, you'd like put on ESPN and they're showing something else. And I'm like, oh, this one was canceled. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was like, oh, like, oh, the Hawaii, Bowl. oh, the Hawaii Bowl's canceled. Yeah. Or whatever. I think the Arizona Bowl, there was a, I mean, Five, six something bowls were canceled. There's a lot, yeah. Um, you know, but at least we got to see football 2021. Yeah, right. Thankful for that. It's better. Uh, the Pac 12 hasn't won a bowl game since the 2019 season. That's bad. Yikes. Mm. They only played two last year, but. When was lo- the last time USC won bowls. a bowl game? It was the Rose Bowl. Which is just crazy. Last time we won a, ro- yeah, a bowl game. Um, that's the last Pac 12, like uh, when Oregon beat Wisconsin. 2019 season that's the last bowl game the pac-12 has won so wow. i was there wow i didn't i forgot about that yeah i went i went to we we're doing the podcast of champions one year or like a couple years ago this is my memory is terrible and we're like someone asked a question like what teams would you like to see play like you know that don't get to play and I was, we were coming up with different you know for the pac-12 and like washington and ohio state that would be a good one and we we're like and then i realized later like i was they they just played the Rose Bowl and I was there, like, and I, I whoops. yeah, whoops, oops. Um, one year, like, when the first my first trip to Utah, like three four years ago, or whatever it was, we were talking about like, oh yeah, the only I'm like on the Pac-12 podcast with champions, uh, yeah, the only stadium I've been to is uh, Rice Eccles. I haven't been to Utah yet. They're like, wait, no, I did. I just went to this last year. Like, you've definitely been. To, I went with you to Rice Eccles. I know this was a few oh, yeah. years ago. Okay, I was, okay, like, yeah. got it. No, but I, yeah, my memory. Not always great, but yeah, I was at. I went the last two, not this year, but the previous two Rose Bowls and Rose Parades. Trader Joe's got me uh, tickets to the Rose Parade. Full circle. Yeah, Look at that. They uh, they have an awesome float. I don't know if did you watch the Rose Parade? No. Up? Yeah. I, right. See, I'm a Southern California girl, but I've never been a Rose Parade gal. Have you ever gone? No. It's pretty fun. Maybe we'll have to do that one time. Um, can we get our own float? I don't think we can get our own float. 
We could cheer for the Trader Joe's one. Okay. That was good. We can like make a, a full float. But they have like head. awesome seats, like right, um, I think it's on Colorado, but like, yeah, like bleacher seats, check it out. And nice. like, there's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like to see the floats and stuff, it was neat. I you know, lived here for a long time and never had been to the Rose Parade. So two, three years ago, I guess I went, I went to the two in a row and it was kind of cool. Yeah. You sang its pra- praises when you went. Yeah. It was fun. fun All stuff. right. Well. We're like hour and a half in with the show that we thought would go 40 we're like, minutes. This is going to be a short one. Yeah, for sure. Not so much. It's been a while uh, since we chatted. Mr. Yeah, we got to chat a little bit. That's yeah, good. Yeah. And your voice seemed to hold up. Kind of. I apologize for the coughing. Yeah, a few coughs, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, that was pretty good. She saw me earlier this week. It was not great. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll wrap things up. That is Keely Your I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 